and welcome back to the Ms. Disney Grams podcast. I am your host, Sarah, and today I'm going to be sharing my thoughts about Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So before I get started discussing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, I am recording this podcast on Friday, September 8th, and I wanted to mention that my thoughts are with Florida, its residents, Walt Disney World cast members, and anyone else who may be impacted by Hurricane Irma. Um, it's kind of scary looking at the reports of what might be coming over the weekend. So um, if you live in the area or you're traveling to the area, I hope that you're being safe and that the impact of the hurricane is min- minimal on the Walt Disney World area in the coming days and that you're being safe. So with regard to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, if you listen to my pre-trip podcast about the things that I was looking forward to doing during my trip that I just returned from at the end of August and the beginning of September, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party was on that list because it's not something that I've ever been to before. So I was really looking forward to giving it a try, especially since I've heard such great things and I'm a big fan of Um, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, which is held in November and December. So because I'm such a big fan of Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, I had pretty high expectations for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, but I wasn't thinking that I was going to like it as much um, just because I love Christmas time and I'm not typically a big fan of Halloween. I don't celebrate it or dress up too often, so um, I was interested to see what I would think about it. But going into it, I think the things that I was most excited about were to see some of the rare characters that you can only see at the Halloween party, including villains, because I thought that was really cool. And also the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular stage show. And I was so excited for that. I actually watched some videos on YouTube ahead of time to get excited even more for it. And even watching it online, I was just so impressed with the production quality. And seeing it in person was an even better experience. It's definitely the best stage show that I've ever seen at Magic Kingdom. So I thought that was really cool. But before I get into too much detail about uh, the things that I enjoyed at the party, I just wanted to give a little bit of background if you're not familiar with Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Basically, it's a hard ticket event held at Magic Kingdom on select nights um, leading up to Halloween and I believe ending on November 1st. Um, But uh, this year, it started a lot earlier than usual and it started at the end of August. I think it was August 26th. And I arrived on the 28th and I was able to go to two parties while I was in Walt Disney World. So I had to buy two separate tickets to go to them. But I did receive an annual pass holder discount on both of those days, um, which is something that's offered on certain days, but not the more popular days or the days that are closer to Halloween, that sort of thing. And that's also the case with uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. There are discounts that are offered um, for DVC and AP and cast members and things like that on certain nights. So if you are one in one of those categories, definitely something to look out for. I don't think I've ever paid a full price for a party ticket because of that, which is nice. And it's also nice to know that you are going to be attending on one of the least crowded nights because there are discounts offered that day. And looking at the pricing, uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party um, is a little bit cheaper than the Christmas party with tickets, um, non-discounted tickets starting at $74 per night. And I've said in the past that I think that the value of the party tickets are actually pretty good if you're not buying separate admission to a park that day. And it's something you might not want to do anyway because the party can be pretty long. There's a lot you can do. And there are several things going on at the party that you're not able to do during regular park hours. 
so it's definitely worth taking advantage of the time that you have at the party. And so the parties officially start at 7 p.m., um, but in the past, you're able to get in as of 4 p.m. into Magic Kingdom, um, but during that time, you'll be mixing with the crowd that's still there during regular park hours until 7 p.m. when they're asked to leave the park. So um, you're able to do fast passes during that time, which I did at both party days. I scheduled three fast passes between 4 and 7 p.m. And that was the protocol that was in place for the two Halloween parties that I attended. However, I think I've read that um, when the Christmas party comes along in November, they're going to change the park hours so that the Magic Kingdom officially closes at 6 p.m. So there'll be an hour between 6 and 7 p.m. when um, only party guests will be allowed in. And so you'll still be allowed in as of 4 p.m., but people who aren't attending the party will be asked to leave at 6 versus 7 if that makes any sense. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out in terms of crowds and things like that um, when the Christmas parties start up again. But back to the Halloween party, I definitely think it's a good value considering you're given eight full hours in Magic Kingdom starting at 4 p.m. even if it's not eight full hours of party time. It gives you time to do things like rides and fast passes and eat dinner and things like that that you might not want to spend as much time doing once the party begins since there are so many things that are exclusive to the party. I also really liked that there were so many people in costume for the Halloween party even though I was there in August and the very beginning of September. Um, I thought that was really cool and something different that you know you don't really see at the Christmas party. You do see people in sort of festive attire but it was cool to see people's creative costumes. There was some really neat ones although it was so hot that I did feel bad for people who were wearing some elaborate and heavy costumes but that was a really cool element and I definitely liked that difference between um, the Christmas party versus the Halloween party so anybody can really dress up just make sure you look at the costume guidelines that are on Disney's website um, because there are some restrictions in place in terms of having things that drag on the ground and face masks for adults and things like that so like I mentioned before I was really excited about a few elements in particular at the party um, and those were seeing the stage show and meeting characters who you can't meet at other times during the year so those were things that were priorities for me and when I was planning out how I thought I might go about my evening, um, those were things that I kept in mind. So at the first party, I lined up early, I want to say around 5.15 in the evening to meet the seven dwarves and I think they came out around 6.15 and I ended up waiting about an hour then. So in total, I ended up waiting about two hours to meet them. Um, and. But the time that I finished meeting them, it was about 7.15, so the party had actually just officially started, so I didn't really miss too much party time. Um, but it was definitely a bit of a wait, but you can only meet the seven dwarves um, at the two parties during the year, so I thought it was worth it and something that was high on my priority list, so that was a lot of fun. I also really wanted to see the parade, the fireworks, and the stage show, so I made sure that I gave myself ample time before each of those were going to begin to make sure I got a good spot to view them. And I really enjoyed all three. Definitely the highlight for me, as I expected, was the Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, uh, Villain Spelltacular stage show. 
Um, I am a big fan of Hocus Pocus. I really just enjoyed the flow of the show. It was a very long show. I think it's actually longer than the parade. So um, that was kind of interesting. So I really enjoyed how much was really, really went into the show. All of the villain characters. I thought the music was great. I thought the dialogue was great. Um, the Sanderson sisters were incredible. Um, both times the first night that I watched the show, there was people standing near me who just like couldn't stop saying how much they thought the Sanderson sister performers looked like the characters from the original movie and that was completely true. So that was really cool and there's a lot of callbacks to the movie if you're a fan so they quote things from that and the way they interact with the other villains was really neat. Um, so if you're a fan of Hocus Pocus and that's something you've been wanting to see I definitely say that's something to prioritize to see at least once. I think that during the earlier parties this year there it's three times a night. I think it was um, about a 20 to 25 minute long show, so it's definitely a good amount of time, and um, yeah, worth seeing if you're into Hocus Pocus and the villains. And after watching uh, the stage show, I was able to sort of sidle over uh, closer to Main Street to get a good spot for the first parade uh, of the night. And um, I got a good spot there. I was able to see really well. I liked the parade a lot. It's cool that the Headless Horseman comes out in the beginning um, and then the parade starts. I think that the song for the parade is really catchy. And I just like that it's a completely different experience than both the Christmas parade and Festival of Fantasy. It was really a lot of fun. Um, I really liked the ballroom dancers from Haunted Mansion, the Grave Diggers, and the like um, ghost, like skeleton type like band at the end. And then of the float at the end comes with some of the villains on it. So it's really cool. Although I felt like the parade was shorter than I thought it would be. And I think it's definitely shorter than the Festival of Fantasy Parade. Definitely shorter than uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party Parade. And definitely even shorter than the stage though, which I thought was interesting. I kind of assumed um, that the parade would be a bigger deal. So it was a little bit shorter than I thought, but I did enjoy a lot of elements of it. And then the fireworks are also a very big deal. And since those are only shown once a night, I think it's important to make sure you have a good spot for those um, since you'll only be able to see them once. And um, I did not <laughs> think far enough ahead when I was planning where I was going to be for the fireworks. And I was already thinking ahead to where I was going to be sitting for the next Hocus Pocus stage show. So I actually ended up really like too close to the castle because the crowd sort of kept moving forward to make room for more people in the hub area. And so I didn't have a very good view of the fireworks. Uh, something that was nice is everyone in that area stayed seated for the fireworks. So it was a little bit more comfortable than standing, you know, next to a lot of people. So that was nice. But sitting too close to the castle doesn't give you the best view of the fireworks. So I was glad that I had purchased another ticket to the party because I was able to see the fireworks um, at that date. But if you want a good view of the fireworks, definitely be in the hub or um, further down Main Street. Um, there aren't a lot of castle projections like there are with Happily Ever After, um, but the castle just change colors and you see some projection type lights on it at points during the show. Um, but I don't think you need to have as great a view of the castle as you need to do for Happily Ever After. And Hello Wishes the fireworks. I really love Wishes and I miss Wishes um, a lot. I do like Happily Ever After as well. But I don't know why I was a little bit disappointed by Hollow Wishes. I don't know if it's coming after more recently seeing 
um, happily ever after and seeing all the projections and just the sheer amount of fireworks that's involved that Hollow Wishes was a little underwhelming for me but I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked the music, I enjoyed the ghost host narration um, and it was a fun Halloween treat but just in terms of the show overall it wasn't as awesome as Happily Ever After or even Regular Wishes in my opinion. So in addition to all that special entertainment I met some more characters during the night um, I went on some rides with very low wait times. Um, I even got onto Seven Dwarfs Mine Train like a couple minutes before midnight and it was really only like a 15 minute wait, which is kind of cool. Um, so if you want to, if there are any rides that you're especially interested in, definitely keep an eye on the wait times during the night, especially since there isn't any fast pass offered during the party. The, um, the standby wait times are really truly what the time will be and they're generally a little bit shorter, um, especially since it's lower crowds um, and because there's no fast pass. So that's a really big plus to the parties, um, being able to go on some rides you might not have been able to otherwise with, um, with short lines. And in addition to the special characters who are available to meet, um, sometimes it's a character who's normally there with someone else um, from the franchise, things like that. So for example, you can meet Pooh and all his friends um, next to Winnie the Pooh ride and they're wearing like sort of like Halloween costume type things. It's really cute. Uh, Mickey Mouse at the Town Square Theater is wearing his Halloween outfit and also his dialogue was all about Halloween related things. He told some really cute Halloween jokes when I was there which I really liked. Um, there's some villains out and things like that so um, definitely look at the character list ahead of time and see who you want to meet. Um, just be aware that some of the lines are going to be pretty long, especially for characters like the Seven Dwarfs and Jack and Sally um, and things like that since you can't meet them at any other time. Another thing you can do at the party is trick-or-treating and that was something that was super super low on my priority list just because I wanted to make sure I could do all the things that were really unique to the party and the candy that is given out is just regular candy. It's not special to Disney or Disney Halloween or anything like that. Um, I think the party's sponsored by Mars, so it's you know it's good candy. It's like M&Ms and Snickers and things like that. But I really wasn't willing to wait on any lines for candy, so I waited until the end of the night. And um, some of the last characters I met were by the Storybrooke Circus. I met Donald and Daisy in their Halloween costumes, which were really cute. And in there, in Storybrooke Circus, where you can typically meet Donald and Goofy on one side and Minnie and Daisy on the other side, there were um, several buckets of Halloween candy set up with cast members. So at the end of the night, with absolutely no wait, I just made one lap through there and hit six, six different stations and got a good amount of candy, and I was definitely satisfied with that. For me, trick-or-treating wasn't a big priority, but if it's something that you're interested in, there are a lot of stations throughout the park. But I did see longer lines during the night, even though they continually move. Um, I just wasn't really willing to wait in them. But if that's something that you're interested in, definitely pick up a park map for the party and you'll see where all those locations are. But something that I was willing to wait in line for were some of the special food offerings at the party this year. I feel like Disney really stepped up their game with the special food that they created, especially for the party. And uh, my favorite by far was the pumpkin cheesecake dome. I think it was both at the Main Street Bakery and Gaston's Tavern. I got it at Gaston's and I really didn't have to wait on too long of a line before that. And then I just carried it with me to the front of the castle and ate it as I was waiting for one of the shows to start. That was really good. 
Um, there's also candy corn ice cream in Tomorrowland, and that's something I wanted to try, but I heard from other people that it really just tasted like vanilla soft serve, and there was a really big line for it. So even though it looks kind of cool, with like the orange and vanilla swirl, um, based on what people said, I decided not to try that. I also had um, the Jack Skellington uh, push pop candy, or not really candy, like a, it was more like a cake pop type thing that was available at Sleepy Hollow. That was really sweet, but also good. Sleepy Hollow also had the um, pumpkin Mickey waffles with ice cream dish, and I just like was never hungry enough to try to eat that, even though it looked really good, and people who were having it seemed to really be enjoying it. but. Um, I think my only complaint about the special food offered at these parties is that it's all sweets and when you're there for 8 hours from 4 until 12 you're going to want some real food at some point and there are not too many locations open where you can just get um, a meal so there are not too many quick service locations open so I think both nights I ended up at um, Sleepy Hollow and got like a corn dog and stuff like that so I really wish there was more food options that you could quickly grab that were really substantial food to sort of carry over with you because I always feel like I leave the parties kind of hungry because of that but again you don't want to spend a lot of time I know there are table service restaurants that are open like be our guest but that's not something I probably would want to spend too much time uh, during the party doing. And just to quickly mention, the second party I went to, um, I actually regretted buying the ticket for a little bit uh, for a couple reasons. First, I was pretty tired. It was the end of my trip and I knew it was going to be another long night at Magic Kingdom. And I had done most of what I wanted to do at the first party, but there were definitely a few things I wouldn't mind doing again. And there were definitely characters that I wanted to meet that I hadn't got to meet the first time. For example, I really wanted to meet Cruella and she meets over in Fantasyland, sort of near the dwarfs and Minnie and Daisy and Donald. Um, but I got to her line around like 11.10 at night and I figured that was plenty of time to get in line to meet her, but I was told that her line was already closed for the night. So I think it must have just been long enough that she had enough people waiting there who um, she had to meet before the party was over. So that was a bummer. Um, I also wanted to meet Lotso. I wanted to meet um, just any of the other characters. I was happy to have that opportunity the second time around. And I wasn't sure who was gonna have the longer line, but I thought Lotso might, so I actually got in line for him pretty early uh, for the second party, and he didn't come out till I think around 6.45 or so, but I was one of the first people in line was able to meet him quickly. But right after that, I went over to Cruella's line, and it was already super long, so I ended up waiting probably a little over an hour for her. And at that point, it started to rain, and it started to rain really hard. Um, so she was sort of moved under like an awning where the train station is. Um, so I was still able to meet her, but it was clear that by that time, they were trying to move her line along very quickly. So I didn't have a super long interaction with her. But, you know, that was fine. There was a lot of people in line. I was happy to meet her. And so I ended up just taking cover for a little while and I wasn't sure what was going on with all the other entertainment, even some of the cast members in that area didn't know. So I wasn't sure if it was going to be worth it to run over to the castle to see if the stage show was still going to happen. I don't know if the first parade was going to be postponed or canceled or anything like that. So that was a little bit of a mess. Um, so the rain definitely put a damper on things, no pun intended. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, the second party was a little bit tougher to navigate for because of that. 
Um, some of the outdoor rides uh, were closed during the rain. And so as a result, some of the indoor rides had a lot longer lines. I waited probably 25, 30 minutes for Winnie the Pooh because that queue was covered. Um, and I wanted to do something indoors. Then I went on Small World and waited for a little while. And the rain was kind of on and off. The fireworks ended up being delayed pretty significantly a while. Um, you could tell people were just dropping out and leaving the party early, which I really didn't want to do. Um, so I was glad I stayed around for the fireworks. And the stage show that was supposed to happen after the fireworks was delayed a couple times. And then they put on a very abridged version of it, which was cool to see a little bit. But again, it wasn't the full show, obviously, for the safety of the performers. They couldn't do a lot of the dancing they normally do and things like that. So it was much shorter, but still nice to see. And also after a delay, the parade went on, um, but I didn't even know it was happening because I was sort of wandering around Fantasyland, going on rides and things like that, trying to stay um, out of the rain. And I was walking toward Liberty Square and suddenly it just kind of started. And it was definitely also an abridged parade. Um, some of the performers who normally on floats were on the ground. Um, the ballroom dancers weren't dancing. They were more just walking and things like that. So it was definitely... Uh, a smaller version of the parade obviously to keep everyone safe but it was nice to see that they still did part of it but i guess visiting disney during hurricane season can have this kind of effect so something to keep in mind if you're planning to go to the party uh, if you're coming for a longer period of time maybe don't buy your tickets ahead of time and look at the forecast once you're in disney if you don't think the parties are going to sell out of course and um uh, try to attend on a day that doesn't have rain in the forecast since it does cause some things to be shut down. I know some of the characters who were not covered had to go inside so I'm not sure if their lines were just completely closed for the night and people couldn't meet them that kind of thing but um, that that's kind of a bummer so if there are things you're looking forward to in the party uh, definitely keep that in mind if you're coming during this season. Another quick thing I wanted to mention is there are some unique photo pass opportunities and magic shots that are available just during the party. Uh, for example, right outside the entrance to Magic Kingdom, um, sort of in front of the train station, you can get a magic shot with the Headless Horseman, which is kind of cool. Um, if you take pictures, I think anywhere on Main Street, they'll add in an effect of uh, the, grave diver the Grave Diggers. And um, there's a special shot with the lantern at the Haunted Mansion, which I didn't want to wait in line for, but that looked kind of cool. And um, I also did one in Fantasyland, which um, had a really cool effect, basically. Um, it seems like the PhotoPass photographer takes two shots of you, um, and in between those shots, they ask you to stay really still, and then another cast member kind of runs behind you with what just basically looks like a long black bar, like a vertical bar, um, but there's kind of a light on it and it's hard to see what's happening, but they run behind you and then once you get the photo back, um, you have one photo of you with some like dancing skeletons in the background, which is an effect that's created um, by the prop they were using. So that one's really unique and interesting. I wasn't really sure to expect when I did it, but the picture came out kind of cool. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for those uh, if you're interested in getting some unique pictures during the party. 
So thank you so much for listening to my sort of long and rambling thoughts about Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Overall, I really enjoyed it and definitely recommend uh, you doing it if you're traveling to Walt Disney World while it's being offered. And I just wanted to end this podcast with five tips that I would offer if this is something you haven't done before and you're looking for advice about how to handle the party, um, just because I know it's a kind of different experience. And uh, if you haven't been to a party before, there's some things you might not expect. So my first tip is to buy a party ticket instead of a park ticket for the party day and use the fast passes that come along with buying just the party ticket. And so even if you're worried about weather, buy one less park day ticket for your trip and plan on using um, that day as a party day. So depending on what day it's offered, what the weather forecast is and things like that. And remember that you can get fast passes for that 4 to 7 p.m. time frame. The second thing I would recommend is to prioritize with your travel group ahead of time what the most important things for you to do are. It doesn't necessarily mean writing down an hour by hour, minute by minute plan for the party because I think in general the parties have a little bit more of a relaxed atmosphere because there aren't as many people there as are in the park on a typical day. Um, But definitely know if there are specific characters, shows, the parades, the fireworks, etc. that you're going to want to do um, because you're not going to be able to do everything. So as the night goes on, make sure you're checking things off that list so that suddenly it's 11.30 and you can't do the last few things that you wanted to do. So if it means meeting high priority characters, that might mean lining up a little bit earlier, um, getting a good place to see the parade, things like that. So keep that in mind when you're going to the party. And my third tip sort of piggybacks on that, and that is to leave yourself plenty of time to find good spots or a good spot in line for these high priority activities. Um, So whether it's meeting a character or finding a good spot, just know you're not gonna be able to do everything and you're gonna have to give up some party time to sit and wait, whether that means just one person in your party holding a spot um, along Main Street for the parade, something like that. You're gonna wanna get there early enough so that you can have a good spot, you're not coming in last minute. Um, So that's hard to reconcile, I think sometimes for people given the limited amount of time you have at the party, but there are people lining up an hour or more in advance to sit where they wanna sit for the parade. Um, So keep that in mind as well as you're planning your night. My fourth tip is to eat a big meal or eat dinner before the party starts uh, just because you don't have a lot of time to do things during the party and it's going to go by pretty quickly um, and you don't want to spend a significant amount of that time eating a full meal uh, rather than just snacking here and there. So definitely eat close to the start of the party or close to 4 p.m. or right after you get into the party before right after you get into the park before the party starts um, so that you're not as hungry during the party itself. And the last tip I wanted to offer for the Halloween party is to plan to stay until the very end. Everything I read or hear about the party says like, oh, if you do this later than the night, um, you know, you'll have a shorter line. If you watch the second parade, it won't be as crowded, things like that. But the reality is everything is less crowded as the night goes on. Um, as it gets to like 11 o'clock, then you're going to notice that the crowds have thinned out. So people with small children or people who went to parks earlier in the day are going to get really tired um, because, it's, you know, it is eight hours that you potentially have in that park plus anything you else, else you did earlier in that day. 
Um, so definitely try to, you know, get enough sleep the night before. Don't get up too early that day, things like that. Take a nap if you have to beforehand because I think it's definitely worth it to stay until the end of the party. You might be able to sneak in an extra character or two who you might have not been able to meet otherwise. Um, you might be able to see the second parade with lower crowds. And if you're interested in the Hocus Pocus villain Spectacular, there is a show right at midnight when the party ends, so you can do that on your way out. You can also get on any rides right until midnight, so there'll be a lot of walk-on rides as it gets really late in the evening. So, like I did with Mine Train when I got in at like 11.58 p.m., I just waited 15 minutes or so and was able to ride that. And then when I got off, the party was over. So, there are a lot of options when it gets to the end of the night. Even with the candy, the trick-or-treat stations will be out until midnight and you'll see the lines for those go down. So, definitely plan to stay until the end of the night if you want to get most the most you can out of the party. Okay, so thanks again for listening to this podcast about Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party 2017. I hope that if you're planning to go to the party this year or in future years, this was somewhat helpful to you. Please subscribe to the Ms. Disney Grams podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. And be sure to follow me on Instagram, also at Ms. Disney Grams for daily Disney World pictures. Thanks again for listening. Thank <laughs> you.